Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together with chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure. Hi, everybody. Good evening, and welcome to Friends and Fiction, five best-selling authors and what stories. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey, and I'll be your host tonight. And my forthcoming novel is Under the Southern Sky, releasing April 20th. Hi, I am Patty Callahan Henry, and my next novel is Surviving Savannah, and it comes out on March 9th of 2021. And hello. And I'm Mary Kay Andrews, and the newcomer will be out May 4th, 2021. I'm Mary Alice. I, I jumped the gun, Mary Alice. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can jump anywhere you want, my this darling. This is the hardest part for us. It really is. I'm Mary Alice. <laughs> and I'm so glad to say hello to y'all. And I have a book coming out on May 11th called The, S- the Summer of Lost and Found. <laughs> I almost forgot it. <laughs> Some book, some book. Some book coming out. <laughs> summer, summer book. I'm, I'm Kristen Harmel, and my next novel, The Forest of Vanishing Stars, comes out July 6th, 2021. Yay! Well, we are so thrilled to welcome the incredible Robin Carr tonight. But first, we have a very exciting celebration tonight for the cover of Mary Alice's brand new and very first, right, middle yes. grade novel. The Islanders. So, um, Erica, can you share the cover for us? Yes. Isn't it cute? I love it. Of course, it's turtles. So I am cute. so thrilled. They're behind me. Now I can move so you can see it. And that's oh. why I couldn't remember the other title because I'm thinking The Islanders today. <gasps> I'm so excited. It is my first middle grade book, and it's written with my friend and colleague, Angela May. And it's the story of an 11-year-old boy, Jake, who is compelled, forced to live on a tiny little island, an actual sanctuary called Deweese Island off Isle of Palms. And it doesn't have any roads. It doesn't have any cars. It doesn't have any restaurants or stores. And worst of all, it doesn't have any Wi-Fi. So he's convinced this is going to be the worst summer ever. And he meets two kids, Macon and a little girl named Lovey. And they would not have been friends 
anywhere else except on this remote island. And they have all these adventures and they get into a little trouble. And he bonds with his grandmother, who's a very important character in the book. And in the end, the magic of the island shows them that they can be very wonderfully happy without being plugged in. And so this is a wonderful book to share with children who really do believe in the magic of nature. And I'm very excited because if you order, it's it's coming out June 15th from Aladdin Books, and we're very excited about that. And we have a pre-order campaign, very excited. for If you order tonight through our bookstore, RJ Julia, I don't have it with me. You're getting one of our Friends and Fiction koozies, which is a real gem. We all love those. But for anyone else during the next several weeks, while supplies last, if you order to say thank you, you will get a really cute custom sea turtle bookmark, autographed book plate sticker, and a special postcard with the cover of the book that will be a gateway to a secret giveaway prize. So you'll get that if you order it. And we hope you will. And I'm very excited. Here's the book. And oh, thank you. I'm this, Angela and I are just so thrilled. And this is a great age to, oh, what a dream come true. Oh, oh Angela. That's, so that's nice. Angela I love that. She and I are really close. And this is a very special book for both of us. That's awesome. Well, thank you for telling us about it. The cover is absolutely beautiful. And I know everyone is jumping on to pre-order right now. Um, so now I'm going to introduce our guest for the week who really needs no introduction. It's Robin Carr, who I'm sure many of you know and love and have read. But just in case you don't know her, Robin is the Rita Award-winning number one New York Times bestselling author of almost 60 novels, including the critically acclaimed Virgin River series. Robin is a recipient of the Romance Writers of America Nora Roberts Lifetime Achievement Award in 2016 and 2017. Virgin wow. River was named one of the HarperCollins 200 iconic books of the past 200 years. And as many of you probably know, because you're watching right now, Netflix has adapted her Virgin River series for TV. Robin has fallen in love with the beautiful Nevada desert, an unrivaled spectacle of Las Vegas, where she resides. Her children are grown. Her son is an orthopedic surgeon, her daughter a police captain. And Robin says that in addition to reading her novels and making snide remarks about how she's used family scenarios to her advantage, they have made her a very happy grandmother. Awesome. So welcome, Aww. Robin. Robin. Hi. We are so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This is the big time. <laughs> yeah. if you were in the big time you brought the big time here yeah <laughs> exactly, brought it with you. exactly well and y'all know that every week we love to feature a bookstore and so this week um we have chosen robin has chosen a favorite of hers and many of ours rj julia um, roxanne cody's bookstore named for her paternal grandfather and located in the shoreline town of madison connecticut is a place of discovery where words matter where writer meets reader where the ambiance and book selection create a welcoming atmosphere and where roxanne and her team are fiercely committed to putting the right book in the right hands so this week they're offering 10 percent off with the code friends 10 on books by our amazing guest robin carr 
and by the five friends and fiction hosts. Um, and of course, you can pre-order Mary Alice's The Islanders. The link can be found on our Friends and Fiction Facebook page. And I also just wanted to remind everyone that shortly we'll be taking live questions for Robin. So don't forget to drop your questions in the comment if you have one. Um, so, wow, what an amazing week. We get to have Robin here tonight. The five of us were at the Cuyahoga County Library um, virtually last night. And a lot of us are on deadline. It sort of felt like a race. And yeah. I know with right, I know with Thanksgiving last week, um, it was a little different for everyone. And, you know, a lot of you know that we started Friends in Fiction to sort of take the place of um, our book tours. But I really do feel like this group is more important now than it ever has been. Because when we need to be alone for our safety, we still have this incredible group of people to share our time with. So I wrote in my newsletter essay this week about the first time I discovered that I could hear my author friends' voices in the pages of their books. It's just the best feeling. And so I wanted to ask all of you, is there an experience you've had after meeting an author, being able to hear their voice in a book? And is there like a specific book or author that you can remember? And so I thought we would start with our lovely guest, Robin. There absolutely is a person who I recognize both when I hear her voice and on the page, and that's Kristen Higgins. She talks with more exclamation points than anybody I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and it's it's so it's so her every page. Oh, that's God. Awesome. She's hilarious that. on Twitter. I follow her on Twitter. Yeah, she's hilarious. <laughs> well, speaking of Kristen's, what about you, Kristen? Um, Christy, honestly, mine is you. Um, because, oh! you know, I, I had blurbed one of your books before you and I actually met and I thought it was amazing and wonderful, but then I met you. And when the next time I read something you had written, it was a completely different experience. Cause I could hear mm -hmm. it. Y your books are just so accessible and conversational and warm. And I don't think I fully understood until I got to know you a little bit that that's you, like that's just mm. your voice and your, it's, it's the beauty of you. And I can hear just that beautiful Southern accent um, in every one of your books now. <laughs> so it's, it's 100% you, your books are some of my very favorites to read because it feels like you're right there with me. I paid her to say that. So <laughs> I'll send you your check later. Christy, <laughs> we all paid her to say that. <laughs> Right, <laughs> Patty. What about you? Thank you, Kristen. I, I actually have. I mean, that's happened with all of you. You know, where I've read your books and then heard your voice and then loved the book even more so. Um, I met Kath, Mary Kay Andrews first. We met before my first book even came out, and I read Every Crooked Nanny and then Irish Eyes, and I could hear her wit and her sarcasm and her just Irish you know, quick witted, right on the money. But I've had an op opposite experience. I was a huge and am a huge Ann River Siddons fan. And when I finally got to meet my hero in person, she had this super really tiny squeaky voice. She talked yeah. about things. And and I was so astounded because her books are so so full bodied and yet her voice was this little tiny voice and she I was like what 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 so I actually had the exact opposite experience except with y'all where I met someone and then her words didn't, didn't match yeah That's amazing all right well Mary Alice what about you 
Well, you know, I was going to say someone's so many, you know, because when you know someone, you can the voice just pops up. But when I heard about the um, Nora Roberts Award, I realized that that's a really good example of a woman whose voice comes out in different ways with different books. She when she writes her her standard women's fiction novels, just her characters, the women are strong. They have a you know very determined uh, personality, and that's very much Nora. When she writes a book about a character in Ireland, her love of Ireland comes out. She's softer. She's um, There's just a wit there. And yet when she writes the J.D. Robb series, there's that little bit of a kick-ass that Nora has, that <laughs> take no prisoners, that's very, very there. And she's mm -hmm. just a natural writer. She's just, you know, she just lets go and lets the words flow. And when you hear her voice and you know and talk to her, you see those are the different sides of this very unusual, strong woman. Interesting. So what about you, Mary Kay? You know, I can remember meeting Lisa Scalini, um, years ago at a mystery writers event. And we'd, we've had the same editor twice at two different houses. And we were at a um, HarperCollins dinner and uh, we sat, uh, a very famous full of himself male author sat between us. <laughs> and um, we sort of bonded over our um, uh -oh. reaction to him. But I can remember saying to her, I'd read, I read one of her, um, Rosado and Denunzio novels, and I can remember saying to her, you know, that was a pretty racy sex scene you had in that book. What's a nice Italian girl like you doing writing a book like that? And she just laughed and said, who said I'm nice? <laughs> <laughs> if you know, if you know, Lisa, that's, that's her. That's awesome. Well, that is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, and I think we can all agree that we definitely hear Robin in the pages of her stories. Yeah. And so we're so mm -hmm. excited to have you here tonight. So Robin, can you tell us a little bit about your um, newest return to Virgin River? Well, uh, my readers have been asking me for years to do more Virgin River. <clears throat> there were 20 books in the series. Wow. <clears throat> Put it on pause. And and there's there's a reason to stop. It, um, it it's such a long series that it becomes daunting, yeah. and mm -hmm. people don't want to even pick up a single book because, God forbid, they should like it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then right. More. So um, it had gotten ungainly and long, but yeah. with the Netflix series being so popular it made sense to do a return sure. to Virgin River and revisit some of the favorite beloved characters that were anchor characters to the series and had been around for a long time. And it was fun to do. So, um, so that's the reason behind it. It, it's, uh, it brings in new characters with new problems and new emotional dilemmas. So it's not all old folks. It's all, it's some new too. I really liked how you did that. I thought that was an interesting way to, you know, expand something that's so beloved for people, but also, you know, if you haven't read the other 20 books in this series that you could, you know, pick it up and kind of be starting fresh also. So it's very well done. Um, we all have a question to ask you. And I think Mary Kay, do you want to start? Yeah. You know, Robin, one of the things we found interesting after talking to We've done, I don't know, 37 of these um, shows and talking to all different authors from all different walks of life. 
And a lot of them, ourselves included, have encountered somebody along the way who told us that we weren't good enough and that we weren't, <laughs> we weren't going to make it. And I read that you had a similar experience. And I wonder if you'd tell us about that and talk to be, talk about how you made the decision to um, persevere despite the naysayers. Well, did you only have one person to tell you you didn't have one? <laughs> I found one on every corner. <laughs> Starting with the high school counselor, um, who said, you're just not college material. Wow. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I had to, um, uh, not only did I have people, uh, did I, I had enough rejections to paper the walls, as most people do. Um, and not only that, but um, I sold my first book in 78, and I had my first bestseller in 2008. Do the math. It took me 30 years. To overnight that's incredible. See, that's so incredible because to me, you're an overnight sensation, right? Right. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm an old sensation. But that's incredible. <laughs> like, you're such a household name, and that's such mm-hmm. an inspiration, though, to think exactly. That yeah. You just kept plugging, uh, plugging away at it for years. That's amazing. And there were some things I had to make peace with. Um, yeah. I didn't yeah. make much money. Every once in a while, I made a little money, but mm-hmm. um, it was my goal to make as much money as my husband's secretary. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I couldn't earn as much as a tenured teacher, you know, and I, and, um, and I remember saying to my agent once, if I could just make $100,000 a year. And she said, remarkably, the, har- the hardest number to get. There's like no middle class in, yeah. in the writing business. You're either starving or you're doing great, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had to make my peace with um, the bestseller list and say, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to be rich and famous or am I doing this? for a deeper, more intrinsic reason. And the fact is I write because I love to write. It's work I love and I'm good at it. And I'm going to do it. Good for you. That's truly, like very inspiring because Mm -hmm. I think people think that authors are automatically rich, which is not true. And all the years that you just wrote because you knew you had to and loved it Mm -hmm. is really what it's all about. So I'm so glad you said that, Robin. It's great self-satisfaction. And plus, uh, the wardrobe is very cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And you can stir spaghetti during the middle of the day. You 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 can run downstairs. (laughs) Robin, do you think that made a better writer out of you because because you were kind of doing it for the right reasons, not the fame and fortune, and because it was not ever a guarantee? Do you think that made yeah, a stronger, I think better it writer? does make you a better writer. And the reason I think it does is because you find yourself writing the books you want to read. Yeah. Writing the books that are popular this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if I tried to write a vampire book because they're selling well, it just would not work. There would yeah. be a falseness about it. Yeah, so true. Yes, so true. That's a great point. Well, Patty, do you have a question for Robin? I do. Well, I'm still basking in the things you just said, because that's amazing. And so true, because every once in a while, we have to tap back to the real reason we're doing it. And this pandemic has done that, too. 
tapping back. Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? But every week we're so interested in the lives of our writer friends, not just in the books they write. And we love hearing about and with each other about what life was like before we were writers. So we have a question we love to ask every week. So Robin, what were the values around reading and writing in your house growing up? And how did they, how do you think they influenced the writer you are today? Well, that's interesting because I did not grow up in a household where books were important. Um, My grandmother uh, used to take me to the public library and that was fascinating and wonderful. And I would check out books and sometimes big books, big books, you know, that would, that I would never in a million years read, but just the idea of having great big, a great big book felt so powerful. Um, but my my parents didn't. My my father read uh, Louis L'Amour paperbacks. I remember. Oh my goodness! But rarely, you know, it wasn't. Uh, there, there wasn't a book on every bedside table, yeah. and I didn't really start reading for pleasure until I was a young wife. I read a few books in high school and college. That I remember we passed around Love Story in college. Yeah. From room to room to room in the dorm, and then we'd cry and cry and cry and cry. And, uh, uh, but I didn't really start reading voraciously until I was a young mother, a, a wow. young pregnant mother with fat ankles and laying back on the sofa <laughs> with a pillow under my ankles and, you know, and reading and my neighbor used to bring me uh, books from the, from, my husband was in the military, so books from the um, um, the, the BX. And, uh, and they were paperbacks, but there was not much of a mass market industry yet. And mm-hmm. so they were paperback reprints of classic novels. And mm-hmm. so I cut my real teeth on um, Anya Seton and Rosemary Holly Jarman. Uh, some of the classic historical romance novelists. Yeah. And then what happened? Rosemary Rogers and Kathleen Woodowitz. Kathleen Woodowitz, yeah. And and the place exploded. And we we had a we all of a sudden had a a mass market paperback industry. So I think what's fascinating not only is in your answer that maybe it wasn't your parents. I'm telling you, I bet if we lined up a hundred authors, 99 of us would say we spent a lot of time in the library, that libraries were a big part of our formative years because Mm -hmm. there's something about a library that it's almost like we absorb the magic of storytelling and know how important it is. So even if it wasn't in your home, you were in that library. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. That is. It it really, really is. That's a great. And I think it's so interesting, too, that, you know, you would expect that every author would say, oh, yes, it was very important. But that hasn't been our experience. We've had lots of authors come on here and say, we didn't read. My parents didn't. You know, that wasn't a big deal for us. So very interesting. Uh, Well, Mary Alice, do you have a question for Robin? Well, we're switching uh, to television, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. So it's a segue. Um, I have to say I love the the series, the Virgin River series. And I've been watching it with my sister, Ruthie. And we were waiting with 
bated breath for the next season. <laughs> and as I said to you earlier, after the show tonight, we're going to go downstairs and continue watching it. It's so great. <laughs> but having read the books as well as watching the show, I'm a big fan, I do notice there's a difference between the storyline in your books and the storyline in the TV series. So I'm curious, uh, you know, as an author, are you involved with the writing of the series? And if you are or are not, how do you feel about the way it veers off? Well, first of all, I knew that there would be major changes. And that you, it, when you're reading a book, all you have to do is just stop for a second and think about all that internal dialogue, all that description, all of that, that yes. narration, all of that stuff. You know, you have no place for any of that in film. So right there, there's going to be an enormous change. The other thing is when all you have is a set and dialogue and action, you're going to see a lot more action than you will in the in the novel. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I was not involved in the writing. Um, I did have the, the showrunner and, and script writers call once in a while and ask for my opinion. And I really tried to stay out of it. Mm -hmm. And the reason yeah. is I don't write movies. I write books. Yeah. And it given, given an opportunity, I could really screw up a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really interesting. It's true. They um, It is really um, unusual for an author to get her hands mixed into the script. I think a lot of the directors and writers would rather you just didn't. So that's why. I think that's right. They'd rather you just didn't. Because really, really, we don't know. I, mean, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm filled with opinions. And I have even written screenplays, terrible screenplays. It's another world. Produced, but, um, but uh, you know, I, um, I think that... Uh, it's easy to say, to voice your opinion. And I'm seeing lots of it on Facebook these days. They ask very strong opinions about the series. Um, but it really? may not be good for it. They know what's good for movies. They make movies. Yeah. And like you said, it's so true that, um, you know, when I hear someone say, oh, the, you know, we, we prefer the book or the movie or whatever, it's often that it's a different medium. You can't go into the detail of a book on a, on a TV series, especially because of the li limited time. Right. And I, I actually, the books are great and the series are great. So you should be very pleased. It's two for the price of one. If you yeah, love the book, you'll probably get a big kick out of the series. And if you love the series, the books will give you a little more. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Well said, well said. Kristen, do you have a question you'd like to ask Robin? Yeah, Robin, so you address so many difficult topics in your novels, domestic violence, post-traumatic stress disorder, workplace burnout, miscarriage, I, just, I mean, it, the, the list goes on. So do you have, when you set out to write, do you have a topic like that in mind or do they kind of appear naturally as the story progresses? I would like to say that they appear naturally, but they don't. Uh, actually, it's very carefully thought out. In fact, uh, sometimes when I'm when my brain is empty, which it usually is, uh, I my editor and I will um, an agent uh, will bang around some ideas and say, "What haven't we done yet? What woman's issue haven't we haven't we approached?" Or and um, I did have one male friend say to me, 
who's knocking you around? All the women in your stores are getting beat up. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It's, it's a very important issue. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're perfectly safe. Um, but um, uh, we do it purposely. And, and then what makes it, if you read a, a Robin Carr romance, there will probably be social issues in, mm. in, in the book. And if you read a Robin Carr women's fiction, there will probably be a romance. Okay. Yeah. yeah Interesting. That's really well put. position of romance and women's issues in all my books. That's wonderful. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, I have a question that I'm really dying to ask you. Um, two professors published a paper in the spring 2015 issue of Studies in Popular Culture called Envisioning Utopian Possibilities in Robin Carr's Virgin River Romance Novels. So they noted that the series suggests, I love this, suggests a communal mode of living that contrasts in some important ways with the rampant individualism of 21st century American society, depicting Virgin River as a believable community that prioritizes friendship, sharing of resources, and social solidarity above individual achievement and consumerism, which I just thought was so fantastically said. Um, and you commented in the paper, neighbors are committed to neighbors who automatically come together in times of need. So I'm just wondering, what inspired you to create a community like Virgin River? Is it based on something you know, that you really lived or just something that you wished for? Oh, wished. <laughs> okay. First of all, I'm a city girl. And um, uh, I think that's not the first time I've been accused of being a socialist, to tell you the truth. So, <laughs> but it's, um, it's utopian. And, uh, and the other thing that I love about Virgin River is it's, um, it's not cute. It's tough. <laughs> It's it doesn't tough. have any white picket fences and nobody moves there to bake cookies for a living. Yeah. It's really, it's a hard nosed place where, um, where people get in trouble and get, and can get hurt and absolutely. And they're very far removed from civilization. So first responders can't get there easily. Now, when I went to Humboldt County on a little research trip, I had already written most of the first book and, um, and it's, of course, it's a fabulously beautiful place where they're growing marijuana back in the woods. And, um, and it's breathtaking. And my, I was with a friend, and we looked at the map and saw that from Highway 5, which runs up the middle of the, of the state of California, to the coast was a highway, 120 miles. And we said, oh, good. We'll dash over to the coast and have lunch. Five hours later, <laughs> run off the road by lumber trucks, logging trucks, we finally made it to, to the wow. coast. It's, um, it's much more rugged and remote than people realize. So what, what makes that fun for the writer is it requires something of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> To live there and i heard some locals say if you make it here three months you'll never leave wow ah, interesting but it's not easy i mean there's just um i mean you have bears in your kitchen sometimes i mean it's uh it's a tough place 
which does make it so much fun to watch on the series too. It's so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. the directors are very good about showing how, how important the setting is. Yeah. Mm. I think they did a good job with that. Yes. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for answering all of our questions. And now we wanted to let our viewers ask a few questions. So we've pulled some questions from our Facebook page. And if you're watching now, just a reminder that you can leave live questions for Robin, because we're going to pull a few in just a minute. But I did want to tell you first, we have a reader named Claire Thurston. And she said that her husband passed away in February, but she wanted you to know that you were his favorite author and he had read almost all of your books. Oh, I thought you don't know that. So sorry for your loss. Yes, we all are. Um, Okay, Mary Kay, would you like to ask a question? Yeah, Michelle Church says that she finished book one in season one of Virgin River. And she says, today I'm going to start book two. How much time has passed from book one to book 19? (laughs) Oh, they're all written in real time. The first three books were published in 2007, and and it was 2007 in the books. Ah, so look at the copyright page and um, you'll see what year those books were set. Mm-hmm. Ah, she wonderful. said she loves the characters that you've created, by the way. Thank you. Um, Mary Alice, would you like to ask a question? I please? have one from Donna Michonne Rydell. She asks, are there any more Sullivan's Crossing books coming? And would you write another long series like Virgin River? Yes, there is another Sullivan's Crossing um, uh, book coming along as soon as I think of one. I don't have an idea what it will be about, but yes. Uh, and another long series. Well, I have to say, um, and writing a series as long as Virgin River really turned out to be fun. Yeah. I mean... The hard part is there's already an established, you know, setting and characters. And the easy part is there's already an established setting. Yeah. 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 Good answer. That's so true. That's so true. Um, Patty, can you pull a live question for us, please? Yes, I can. But Robin, I have to tell you that answer you just gave about Sullivan's Crossing. Yes. Once I know what it's about. Sounds like. The answer we've all given an editor. Sure, sure, I can do that. And then we hang up when I think of it. Exactly. Or here's a good one for you. My editor said, How's the book coming? And I said, It's coming beautifully in my head. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's all up here. Oh my gosh, it's so true. But it just made me laugh because we've all said that exact same thing. So this is really apropos for the time. This question is from Sue Johnson, Sue Johnson Bishop. Sue, your name is like a tongue twister. She said, Robin, do you have a favorite Christmas book or movie you must read or see every year? She also said Kristen Higgins is so funny and that we all must go to her crappy friends blog. Yeah. But the question is, do you have a Christmas book or movie you must see or read every year? Yeah, since it's actually, it's, uh, it has become my religion. It's a wonderful life. It's, oh, yeah. it's, sort of, it's what I love and it's what I believe, that the smallest act can change the course of history. Oh, I love that. Right. That's beautiful. It's one of my favorites. Absolutely. It is yep. one of the very best. 
Um, Kristen, could you pull a live question for us, please? Yeah, Margie Clavin Montone would like to know. Um, so she says, as someone who hasn't yet read one of Robin's books, is there one that Robin suggests to start with? Well, I would say Virgin River. The yeah. Per- yeah. If you like that, you'll like them all. Well, and then let me ask a follow-up question from Lori Finnan-Bauer. She says, do we need to read the Virgin River series in order? It's entirely up to you. I tried to write them so that they would each stand alone, but it is an ongoing series. If you prefer to read them in order, they're listed and numbered in order on my website. Nice. Thank you. Well, Robin, one of our favorite parts of this show is receiving a writing tip from our guests. Many of our viewers are writers, and of course we are as well. Um, And I feel like we always walk away feeling like we've learned something. So no pressure. (laughs) Would you mind sharing a little bit of your wisdom with us tonight? Well, sure. And we've actually already talked about it. Um, I think it's very important, first of all, that you write every day, every day. And you have to be willing to write crap Mm -hmm. because you can always fix it. But if you don't get anything written at all, you're, you're just getting nowhere. You can't make any progress if you've done nothing. But the other thing is, I think it's really important to um, examine your motives, decide what success means to you and write the book you most want to read. I've always maintained that, um, Success isn't something that you look back at an entire lifetime to see whether it was there. I think it comes in um, minutes and seconds. Um, and if you t- if you look at it in small doses, you'll find what drives you, right? Can you remember the first time that you woke up and thought, I'm successful? No. Wow. I No. I mean, I've been shocked by a few things. My first time on the bestseller list, I was, I think, at number 32 on the New York Times extended list. And I thought, well, good, there. Now I can die a happy woman. I made the New York Times list. I had no idea what was coming. I had 11 number ones. That's amazing. I mean, amazing. unbelievable. Do you keep moving the goalposts? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. In fact, I rarely, um, I rarely celebrate. It's not, it's just, that's not the important part. No, I love that. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I don't want, I don't want success or a certain amount of money or a certain level of fame to be what drives me. That's not what drives me. I need to write a really good book. That's hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really great answer. And that is so true because I think we're always, you know, you always think that getting that next thing is going to be the moment when you're like, "Ah, I did it. And then you get it. That's that's not the point. And then you go up at the page the next day anyway, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's so true. That blank page did not care that you hit number one. Yeah. <laughs> no. And the only reason I did was because there were no men present. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the only reason. Huh? No, I don't think no, so either. I definitely yeah. do not. I definitely do not. 
Well, Robin, um, our readers love hearing what our guest authors are reading. So do you have any recommendations of something that you've read lately that you've really enjoyed? You know, um, one of your questions was, what was the last book you raved about? A really good friend of mine said that um, uh, she just found out that her granddaughter is on the spectrum, that she has a probably mild case of Asperger's, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a real manageable case. And um, I said, you need to read The Rosie Project. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that book will give you, you'll have so many laughs and give you such insight into what it's like right. to have Asperger's. The so, other one, that's the last book I raved about, and it's uh, I read it years ago, and I was so impressed, and I thought it was so fun. That's, that's awesome. Well, Patty, I think you had a book that you... Oh, I just wanted to interject, go hand in hand with that, is The Curious Incident of the Dog at Midnight. That is such a brilliant book to put you into the head of the child who has Asperger's. I have not read that. Interesting. They have a Broadway play of it, too. It's, it's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. One day, maybe we'll be able to get Maybe we'll go back to Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> Patty, I think you had a book recommendation? I do, but I wanted to say, Robin, really quick, it's amazing that when we want to recommend something to somebody about their real life, we recommend fiction yeah. because that's where we find the truth, right? It's yeah. in a story. It's yeah. Not, yeah. We don't recommend, you know. Anyway, um, yes, I wanted to tell you all about, and I left it in the kitchen because I'm reading it. I wanted to tell you all about how wonderful and how excited we are. I'm reading Susan Mallory's new Christmas book. Me and too. it oh is, you're reading it too, Christy, right? Yeah. yeah it's so cute. I have it there too. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'll hold it up because I left it in the kitchen okay. where I was reading. Oh, yeah, because mine's upstairs. Yeah. We are, um, Susan's going to be on the show in about a week and a half, but it is such a feel good. You're t- you you think you're going to read for a minute and all of a sudden you're you're halfway through the book. It is such a good book. So I just I, I wanted to mention that. I'm sorry. I think it's at my bedside. <laughs> See, isn't that funny? Wait, where is I love she, it. It's right? fun when we all read the same thing at the same time. Does anybody else have a book that they wanted to recommend tonight? Um, I am just getting into The Woman with the Blue Star. This is an event oh, yes. of our friend Pam Jenoff's upcoming. Oh, so jealous. Um comes out May 4th. Pam's a great friend and she writes amazing um, historic fiction. And this one again is set during World War II. So I can't wait to dig into that. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else have one? Well, I just finished A Match Made at Christmas by Courtney Walsh. And if you're looking for just like another great feel good Christmas book, it is so wonderful. I read it. Just like that. I actually put it in the Facebook group the other day. It's really well written. It's so charming. And the premise is so great. So um, if you, you know, are into Christmas books, you should definitely check it out. Um, Well, thank y'all. Okay, now we do have a few announcements, but we have one more question for Robin at the end. So make sure that you stick around. Um, And Mary Kay, can you remind us about our bookseller, please? Yes. Um, This week, RJ Julia is offering 10%. With the code FRIENDS10, 
on books by Robin Carr and by the five of us. And the link can be found on our Friends in Fiction Facebook page. And the store is in a gorgeous little town in Madison, Connecticut. I was there years ago, and it's such a charming place. And so um, we hope that you guys will all be moved to um, do what we love to do, which is to do business with, give your business to independent booksellers. They need it. Yes, you're here. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Kristen, you have some exciting news to share with us, I think. Yeah. So speaking of independent booksellers, we are thrilled to tell you about Friends and Fiction Firsts, which is a subscription box we're doing in partnership with Oxford Exchange, an indie bookstore in Tampa. So it's a really cool deal. So for $150, which includes shipping and tax, you get all five of the Friends and Fiction authors' new 2021 books the week they're released, which will be between March and July of 2021. Um, And every single one of those books will be an autographed first edition. Plus, you'll get a tote bag. Plus, if you're one of the first 200 to order by December 10th, you get this little Christmas. I love it. Oh, it. It's huge. So yeah, they it's just came true. in, and they're they're nicer than I thought. They say, "Um, friends and friends. no, I, I didn't know what they're going to be like." And I'm like, "No, they're actually no, really nice." You never know. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. And I need to say really it. I was like, oh, they're really okay. Um, I, I, I say that as the person who had them made. I had this sense of like, what if they're awful? But um, they say I want one so badly. <laughs> they say Friends in Fiction 2020, the first year. And Mary Alice, if you want one, all you have to do is order the Friends in Fiction first. <laughs> I am on it. So but Robin can be one without it. Robin gets one no matter what. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're close to selling out of these. We're almost to 200, which is awesome. Um, and overall, it's about a 10% savings on the books. Plus, of course, they're signed first editions. So, and we love Oxford Exchange and we love supporting indies. So there you go. Perfect. Yeah. All right. And Patty, can you tell everyone about our brand new foray into YouTube? <laughs> yes. So we have been trying to figure out, um, because we get so many questions on the page, where can I watch the past shows? How can I tap into them? So we now not only have a Facebook page, not only have a podcast, not only have a website, not only have an Instagram, but ba-boom, we have a YouTube channel. So it is <laughs> pop, pop. It is friends and use the at ampersand friends and fiction and you we have been loading all the old shows on there that you can just watch on youtube so it'll be there soon and And i think we're gonna be we are streaming live there right now oh we're youtube stars we're phenomenal we are yeah we already have like like, tens of followers on youtube Was your mom our first follower? Tell the truth. I'm sure she was. was. Patty's mom was the second. And my mom was the second. And um, (laughs) you go to the YouTube channel and hit subscribe. And you can watch it there or on Facebook now. Bonnie and Beth got on the phone with other friends and said, please go follow their YouTube channel. I think half our members come from Bonnie and Beth. (laughs) 
Um, All right, Mary Alice, I am so excited about next week's show. We've all been so looking forward to it. Can you please tell us who our guests are going to be? We are. It's very exciting. And it's also serendipity that I'm introducing next week's guest while we're talking about Robin's experience with bringing up to television. And that's our theme for December 9th. We are so thrilled to have a favorite, an important artist, Andy McDowell. We love her, and I know most of you love her. Who doesn't love Andy McDowell? And Andy, when she brought out my book, Beach House to Television, um, she was also not just the actress, but a producer. And Mm -hmm. so it's going to be interesting to hear her take on that. And speaking of a producer, we are also having the renowned producer, Todd Karmanicki. And you may not know his name, but you know one of his movies. It's a favorite at Christmas time, Elf. I know you're all going, what? Yes, really, <laughs> it's him. So this will be a very, very special expanded program for 75 minutes because we have these two very exciting guests. And so you might want to bring two glasses of wine. You don't want to miss it. little half bottle, little half bottle. Okay, well, um, that is going to be so great. We'll all have to go watch The Beach House and watch Elf again in preparation for the show. Um, all right now, Robin, we have thank you for being patient through all of our many, many announcements. Um, but we have one last question for you. Glenda White wants to know if you're going to write any more books in the Thunder Point series. I don't plan to. I I got to the end of um, I got to the ninth book, and it looked to me like all of the significant characters in that town were taken care of, and they were hmm. all left in a hmm in a really good place. Now I know you can roll somebody into town in their in their station wagon and have them break down in front of the bar and everything can change. But, um, Wait, that's a really good idea. Yeah. I might write a book about that. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think that I think that that's um that's really reaching. I think I mean if I were reading that I would say she should have thought harder and longer. Um, <laughs> so my answer is no, not. I don't. I don't plan to unless something happens. You never yeah. know. You you might have a dream, and all that might change. Um, all right. Well. We cannot thank you enough, Robin, for being our guest tonight. You were amazing. And I know I speak for all of us when I say we are so glad that we got to know you a little bit better. And you were just a fantastic guest. Please come back. It was a pleasure. I would love to come back. Oh, Oh, so fun meeting you. Well, I know after the show, I'm watching... Virgin River with Ruth. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Well, this is your last reminder to check out Return to Virgin River. Um, if you want to show the book cover one more time, Erica, if you've got that. But we are just so thrilled that all of you are here making our holiday season bright. And we are so grateful for this community now more than ever. So keep tuning in on Wednesday nights for tons of fun, lots of laughs, and a big dose of holiday cheer. And pre-order the Islanders. <laughs> That's a wrap. Good night, everybody. Good night, Robin. Thank you for Thank coming. Thank you, Robin. So great to meet you. Oh, oh my gosh, it was so cool. I have to say, we so were great. all in a rare mood tonight. I know, we were all <laughs> you think Meg could pop on? Meg, can you, Erica, can you pop Meg on? I think she should be on our after show. Yeah, that's a good oh, yeah. Yeah. 
She's like, no. unless she doesn't want to be, she might not be prepared. I didn't time. know that I was going to be on camera. I would have on no makeup. Oh my God. Hey, Meg. Hey, Meg. Hey, Meg. <laughs> Meg, that was so much fun. She was great, right? Oh, yeah. it was so she's fantastic. Oh, her advice was so on the money and so sharp. You know, yeah. it's just no, no holds barred. Yeah. Yeah. So Patty, do, do you want to tell everyone who Meg is? I was just going to say, I was waiting, I was waiting for Mary else to finish. So for those of you who hear us talk about Meg all the time, this is Meg Walker. She Hi, is guys. our managing director, but she is actually just the guru that keeps us from coming off the rails, which might not have helped tonight, but usually it does. And um, she is um, also a really dear friend, but she, she keeps us together. She's behind the scenes keeping us together, so... Yeah, thank goodness. It's like her and It's not really the Fab Five. It's like the Silly Six or something, oh. right? <laughs> yeah, but it takes it takes a Jersey girl. I'm going to go for six. Southern women. No, you know what? We'll, right we'll add um, We'll add Sean in. Sean's usually our behind the scenes guy, and, and we can be the sexy seven. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> what, he's celebrating his 40th birthday his tonight, 40th right? Celebrate their 40th birthday with us. I know. We are the part. Sean's a rock star. So <laughs> he is a rock star. That's true. He's legitimate. I, I would more than anything that I had thought to bring his music video tonight. And share that next, oh, okay, next week you guys next yeah. week we are going to have a yep. birthday celebration for sean and share his viral video because it's, it's, so it's good. incredible yeah you, you guys your holiday will be made I'm <laughs> although i don't know next week's kind of a big <laughs> week maybe we get after next maybe we get after next what are you guys doing yeah. this weekend Watching Virgin River, binging. Yeah. Virgin watching River. River. <laughs> so we're actually. Christmas. What are you doing? Have our, decorating. Have our, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, decorating. I'm trying to remember that it's Christmas season and I'll try to decorate. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy uh, Christmas pajamas for everybody. I love to do that. Oh. You know, the sillier, the better. Yeah. I, I bought um on Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving night, I bought uh, the three of us in our family um make Mickey Christmas PJs. But of I neglected, of course, right? But I I neglected to consider the fact that they were flannel and on Thanksgiving night it was like 80 degrees here. So we were all like sweating before we went to bed. It was so bad. Cool. <laughs> How about you, Kathy? What are you doing? I am gonna take um my son Andrew texted that he was gonna put up a Christmas tree in his house this year. And so he said, you got any, you got any spare Christmas decorations? And of course he knew that I have bins and bins and bins full of Christmas crap. So I'm going to um, load up the sled and take <laughs> Christmas crap down to him. Then I'm going, we're going to Tybee for the weekend, but I'll be, yeah, I'll be back. Um, I'll be back home uh, Monday. Awesome. Christy, what are we doing? We have our flotilla here this weekend. So like our little boat parade, which um, we are still doing. I think it's much smaller, but I mean, everyone's on the water in their own boat. So it's it's a pretty socially distanced, safe activity. Yeah. Um, our son really wanted to be in the flotilla, but I think it's going to be cold this weekend. So I just really couldn't do it. But so we're going to watch that. And that's always really fun. So I'm excited. That'll be great. Yeah. 
Oh, I do have to say, I'm going up to um, North North Carolina, just where you are, Christy Woodson Harvey. But it's Cindy Boyle's birthday, who's a good friend of mine, and she always has really good wine. So I'm going to drink really good wine. Happy birthday, Cindy. I know she's watching. Patty, you're you're going up to the attic to bring down the uh, Christmas? I'm going to the attic. So it's going to be this grand adventure. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to turn the light and climb the stairs and bring down the bins. And <laughs> it yeah, Pat can't do that, right? Because he's had two hip replacements. Two knee. Need two, two knee, knee replacements. Right. Um, and I'm going to say over and over, it's December, Patty. It's December. It is yeah. December. Because what is time? What is month? What are days? Yeah. Exactly. I don't know, but I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to Robin Carr and, um, Right in the morning before I yeah. load up my car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every day, ladies. Every day. I, say, I was so inspired by, I, I had no idea that it had taken her so long to become um, a best-selling author. And and that mm-hmm. was such an inspiration. I mean, it, it, I, I, I think it's a good thing to remember that mm-hmm. success is kind of what we make it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and that, if your heart's in the right place, it, I, the, the right things kind of come along eventually. I, I don't know. I was, I was just very moved and inspired to hear that, but also to hear her perspective on it. And you, that's mm-hmm. why I asked that follow-up question. I think it probably did make her a better writer and a stronger mm-hmm. writer and maybe a stronger person too. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. there's something to be said for having to keep climbing that ladder, you know? And I'll tell you, after all these years to find out that she, one of my favorite editors was that Martha, my very first editor. She she was the one I did the beach house with. And to know that she had the same editor in all these years, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, um, it goes way back. It does. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was, Great. And she's very um, unassuming and very humble, like for someone who has won so many awards and done so many incredible things. She was very like. Down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? We all have to face every day, you know? Right. Did you repeat that, Patty? You froze for a second. Oh, I hate when I freeze. Um, We all have to face the same blank page every day. We have to face it. Um, You can have as much success as you want, but when you sit down at that computer, you still have that blank page. So my dog's chewing the tree in the back. (laughs) I was wondering what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. You know, one of the things I've thought with all the guests we've had on is how you can tell that the people with uh, uh, you can just tell people's hearts in their books if that makes sense, and she has such yeah. a good heart. You yeah, can just tell yeah. that tonight. And and I I have the feeling that that's a big part of why her books resonate so much with people. You yeah. know, she so, puts that heart into her stories. Yeah, and that sense of community is yeah. so strong. Yeah. 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 All right, ladies. Yeah, this is it's going to be a blast, everybody. So thanks, Meg, for popping in. Sunday for the bonus. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Next oh, Sunday. Next Sunday. Like, do we have a bonus on Sunday? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Am I hosting? It's no. Not week. <laughs> Next Sunday is Susan Mallory. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be great. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. So we'll talk. It'll be Christmas for sure. 
Yeah. What well, yeah. that sudden panic? What did I not do? Yeah. Again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that I'm so excited about Andy and uh, and Todd. That'll be yeah. it's going to be that'll awesome. be great. Todd is on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. That terror. That terror when you wake up and go, oh my god, I think I double booked myself. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. my gosh. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. awful. Or oh my gosh, did I forget last night's whatever? I always just especially now because we're not on the road we're not anywhere so i'm like yeah, shape to our days you know it's not like yeah yeah it's we just lose that we lose that yeah. yoga pants and carbs yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get my carbs right now. Right, I'm going to go get yeah, cookies or something. I'm glad you're not a hashtag. Yoga pants and carbs. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love you all. Should, that should okay. be our new coffee mug. Right. I know. <laughs> 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 Sweet Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction Podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.